1: the Steelers to Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. We move into a new sphere of prognostication, one more tethered to reality rather than the frenzy of guesswork and mock drafts we've been exposed to for the last few months. By the way, do you know some guys actually mocking the 2020 draft? Losers. This sphere is underpinned by the actual draft. We know now who will be entering the training camp. Will one of the rookies distinguish himself this year? Will one of them actually be starting by year end? Will one of the lower draft picks surprise us with his acclamation to the pro level? So now it's actually something interesting to talk to. We know who's going to be going into camp, and we can guess at their ascendancy, hopefully um, a little more clearly now. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston outpost. So we are going to spend a little time talking about our – continued satisfaction with the 2019 draft
0: yeah now that we have a week between us and the draft you know reality set in a little bit more you can kind of sit here and look at some of the film of these guys you can read more about them although in all honesty you know the first four we knew quite a bit about if you were following the draft process at all and i just gotta say i mean it feels as good Today, as it did when we selected Devin Bush, at least for me, like we covered this last week a little bit. Some people are being nitpicky, whether you should have picked a guy in the third versus the fourth. But we pretty much we nixed that idea last week. You don't you don't be picky between third and fourth. You'd be picky between first and third, torrell Edmonds, who, of course, by the way, you know, I, I always trash that pick just because it was such a weird pick when they made it. <laughs> because they could have still had the guy on their team in the second round. But uh, I do think he could be a good player. But I, I think this is the most satisfying draft Steelers fans have had in at least the past few years, right? Especially after the summer of horror with the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell trash the Steelers tour with the media dragging Ben through the dirt and Tomlin and everybody else. Something good finally happened with the Devin Bush thing. But when you look at this, I feel way differently this week than I did a year ago at this time. First off, the first round, there, there was no crazy reach on a player. There was no Artie, no, no uh, Edmonds, whatever. And similarly, in the next three rounds, you didn't have that weird Dre Archer pick or you didn't pick a long snapper in the draft or you didn't pick. Quarter subpar quarterbacks in the third round, two years in a row. When you really need guys to be able to play, there was no weird pick there, no experiment. It's all guys at positions of need. You know, you get your wide receiver, you get a cornerback, and you get the all-star guy in the first round. And of course, there have been satisfying first-round picks in the fast, past few years. But I always reference T.J. Watt as kind of like a boring first-round pick when it happened people have been mocking TJ Watts at the Steelers for a long time. He was at a position of need, but he's a kind of end of the first round type prospect. He figured he's going to be good. He's not going to turn our team around in a year. And, and you're looking at him now and say, yep, it was a great pick. It wasn't, you know, particularly sexy when they made it, but it was just, you, you couldn't argue with it. Well, the Steelers on top of that, they finally got a blue trip player sort of made history in a way by trading up to get a guy. So I really think that, It's a crazy satisfying draft in terms of there being no just head scratchers in addition to getting the super impact guy in the first round. So I think we got to be feeling good about that. And I I really like the crop that they got at the top. And then at the back, it just seems like there's special teams superstars in the waiting with all these athletic linebackers that they picked up.
1: I think, yeah. yeah. So your point is no reaches. Everybody's sort of aligned, fortunately, with um, the the. the need for athleticism with the need of the positional need the sealer had. I, I I forget exactly. I can't even remember what, how I felt about dinner last night, let alone drafts from years ago, but I actually was pretty satisfied in 2017 with, with TJ. What I felt a little skittish. I thought Juju Smith Schuster was sort of an anti-Semitic remark. So he was pretty much a question mark and James Connor was just sort of a feel good story, right? But before that, how did we feel in 2014 with the selection of Brian Shazier? Stefan Tuit came out of there. Mark Davis yeah. came out of that same draft. Did, That's you another monster remember? one.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was a monster one. I, I remember getting, you know being surprised that to it went that far he was a big prospect at that time bryant you know he's very polarizing but that's the i never mind when the steelers go for someone like bryant in the mid rounds who's a a crazy athlete with insanely high potential but with issues maybe off the field or with consistency on the field those are the kind of guys that you start taking in the third and fourth round dree archer was an experiment this guy was tiny you know tiny and then I've, I said after they drafted Dobbs on this podcast I think I don't know if we were live at that point but we were doing them and then definitely last year when they drafted Rudolph, it just didn't seem like the right year to draft a quarterback and I still stand by that. I still wish the Steelers had Landry Jones as their backup quarterback. Now hopefully Mason Rudolph you know does his job and, and, and takes that mantle and we have an upgrade over over Landry Jones this year but who knows who they could have drafted instead? Of of Rudolph, maybe we would have a more viable edge rusher waiting behind them. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah, the to it, that draft, that was really nice. But even with the Juju draft, um, I love the pick of Juju Smith Schuster because I thought he was a premier player that I was surprised uh, fell that far. But, you know, we're all freaking out with the lack of a cornerback and James Connor feel good story. He's a guy who I felt really did fit the Steelers. But that is one where I think you like. You can be picky on the fact that a guy got picked in the third round. Nobody was predicting this guy, but before the fifth or sixth round, and it just sort of smelled like, oh, they love this guy out of pit. So even that felt a little bit funny because, you know, Tomlin's got great relationships with players, and you wondered how much that really played into it. But you know, like I don't want to be a hypocrite, but it it just did like third round. Nobody had James Conner going that high, but those were fine. It was more the reaches on Burns and Edmonds and and the multiple quarterbacks and the long snapper and everything like that and Dre Archer. So just solid guys. And and Justin Lane, the third round pick, this is a dude that some people – a lot of people had as more of a second round type guy. And now you actually have some depth at cornerback. There's no real stars, but man, that's a good room with Cameron Sutton and – Justin Lane, and I don't know what the deal with Sensaba is, to be honest with you, but yeah, you actually got some guys around. I don't know if you remember this
1: again. I don't remember how I felt about it, but I went way back, I guess, to the beginning of the Tomlin era when we picked up Lawrence Timmons, Lamar Woodley, and William Gaines in the same draft. And Timmons came first round. He was the 15th pick, one of the higher ones we've had in the last, well, more than a decade, and uh, Lamar Woodley in the second round.
0: Yeah, I do. I remember when that happened uh, vividly. Obviously, it was Tomlin's first draft, but I don't really remember how I felt. I know that Timmons, I think he played like more on the edge in, in college or something like that. So he was a bit of a projection. And I know that he took a little while to get going. Steelers fans were spoiled because, you know, they brought in James Ferrier from the New York Jets. And that was an immediate plug and play situation. A linebacker for some of those Super Bowl teams. And, and before that, NFL defensive rookie of the year, Kendrell Bell. So the Steelers were used to immediate production. Lawrence Timmons, all-time underrated Steeler. I mean, he, he had to slave away on some of those 8-8 eight and eight teams, and then when the defense just totally fell apart, he was the one guy that was reliable. He'll always go down as underappreciated. It's a bummer.
1: Hey, if um, you ever suffer through any kind of media backlash, any kind of you're, you're villainized or whatever, take solace in the fact that the media has the attention span of a Titsi fly. Because where the Steelers were at the core of a hot-burning controversy for months on end, now we seem to be the darlings of at least some in the in the media.
0: Yeah, the media turnaround on the Steelers after the draft is, is hilarious. And you're right. It just further solidifies the fact that people are just looking for stories. And negativity sells. So that's what they sold about the Pittsburgh Steelers forever. But now it just feels like everybody is on the Steelers' bandwagon. They're saying, hey, you know what? The, the the Steelers are coming together. They got rid of these problem guys. They've changed that narrative, by the way. And, and they're going to they're gonna have something to prove. And you know what? I think that they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league. Bleacher Report put out a uh, an article on best defenses in the league, or they ranked all the defenses with yours truly, the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two. In the whole NFL. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But then Skip Bayless, he's going completely bipolar, talking about Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the MVP of the NFL. And then two days later, putting out another story asking him the question Does Ben Roethlisberger care about winning anymore? Find out next on Undisputed. And we're not sightings get Bayless as a you know a football expert or you know Stephen Ayer or somebody like that but the fact is they are media kings and they dictate what goes on in Fox Sports and ESPN and the mass media in that way so it is funny to see how much the the media has turned on them and and for the positive when really nothing happened except for they moved up and got Devin Bush I
1: went through his uh justification putting us at number two the Bears are number one so the uh, police
0: report the, sorry, Bleacher the Bleacher Report article.
1: Yeah. Sorry. The Bleacher Report article. Um, so they point out that the Steelers led in Saxon each of the last two years. Yes, true. And we always get criticized because of the lack of style points in doing so, but um, you can't deny that. The uh, They pointed to the inking of Steven Nelson coming out of uh, Kansas City. And they just keep, re- and they repeat that we have Mike Hilton and um, Cam Sutton in addition to now Justin Lane. So I'm not sure what they. <laughs> What they're Number two. Yeah. What, what is that? So listen, the Steelers were number 16. And I think the most important 16 in points allowed last year, 22 and a half. However, Goodness. they were six, six. Yeah. Six in yards allowed. I guess that's, you know, that, that's a positive. But remember the thing that the harangue all through the year were the lack of turnovers, number 25 in fumbles caused uh, number with 16 and only eight interceptions throughout the whole year. So
0: they were first in dropped interceptions with 11. I didn't add that. Let me add that. Yeah, you should add that in. Listen, I I'm joking, you know, about the. I mean, the Steelers being ranked at number two is, is absurd and quite frankly, unprofessional if you ask me, but do I think the Steelers could end up a top 10 defense, maybe like eight to 10 or something like that this year? Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say I expect them to because you can't expect anything out of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in this day and age. It's just a sad reality. But listen, man, there's a lot to be excited about. There are no superstar players. Obviously, you got Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward has been a star for a few years. He did take a little bit of a step back last year, but I hope uh, you got to assume he's going to bounce back. But there's no Ryan Shazier unless Devin Bush becomes that guy immediately. But so that's why I think you can't rank them, you know, as a top five defense, because the great defenses. I mean, they have multiple people. Cleveland, who they ranked at number 16 or something like that, has Miles Garrett, who very well could become the defensive player of the year. They got Denzel Ward. They obviously got Greedy Williams on the other side. They got all kinds of players all over the defense. But that that being said, This is the most excited you have to be about a Steelers defense in a long time because you finally have 11 real starters. There's no rookie Artie Burns going in there. There's no picking up Ross Cockrell a few games into the season. There's no – wondering if Tyler Matakavich is going to be a starter at this time last year. You actually have 11 good starters and to Bleacher Report's credit, some decent depth, especially at the corner position. Like we said, you, you have a very solid starting cornerback team with Hayden, Hilton, and Nelson. And then behind that, you got Cameron Sutton and now Justin Lane, who maybe if he were on a different team, he would end up being a starter. Maybe not an ideal one, but – the guy's got some good things around him. You have decent depth on the defensive line, basically rolling back the same guys that you had last year and then getting bugs and whatever around it was. That's bugs, right? Is that right. the defensive lineman that got Al- Alabama? That's right. He, yeah, he can make the team. And, uh, you know, I, obviously that's a projection. I can't give you like a you know six-round pick or a fifth, six-round pick as, hey, look at this depth. But it's true. I mean, they got some guys that they can work with. So, and really it's a, it's just such a bummer. They lost LJ for to the Eagles in free agency, but there's some depth at inside linebacker, you can get Devin Bush on the field. I expect him to get on the field early. If it's not week one or week two, I mean, it wouldn't be soon after that. And I kind of expect him to start the season there. I mean, his upside is just too high, but you can put Vince Williams back at the Robin spot, which is really his specialty. Cause I think as this, as you know, your other linebacker, he can be a very solid player. And then you got Mark Barron behind him. Matakiewicz, obviously, is a more of a special teams guy they cut Bostick. But, yeah, I don't know. They, they just – it's a balanced defense. And Sean Davis, he took a step forward last year at free safety. Surprised both you and me, right? I mean he's not a playmaker. Like we said, he's allergic to interceptions. But the Steelers were much better at not giving away deep touchdowns last year. And you guys – I mean don't forget. That's been the Steelers' Achilles heel for years. And par- a big part of why they didn't do that was because of him. And hopefully Terrell Edmonds takes that step forward. So you finally just have at least solid players all over the field. So they're Yeah, are
1: agree. Happy. Yeah, one of the points of emphasis in this Bleacher uh, report was Steelers getting after the quarterback. And obviously they pointed out the sacks. But when I think about it, I think Cam Hayward, step back or step forward, you can count on him to be solid this year. I think Stephon yeah. Tuitt actually is escalating his game. Uh, we're all hopeful that Bud, you know, I don't expect a miracle, but he had been playing with injuries. He did seem to be on the last year. So I, it feels like some of the, the veterans are actually stepping up in uh, performance as well. So I. I'm hopeful. I mean, we're not going to be the Swiss cheese, Hargrave right right?
0: He so. had, he was the best player on the defense for the last four weeks. So yeah, there's things to be encouraged about. There's no Shazier like unless Devin Bush ends up being that guy immediately. And Hey, I don't think that's out of the question. The thing about Devin Bush and you and I were talking about this, or I was talking about it with P butch the other day is, you know, he is a little bit smaller. So the only real weakness to his game, he kind of has two is he, he has that Shazier trait of shooting through the hole and wrapping up the guy five yards in the backfield and, and sliding off him or just torpedoing and totally missing him. And then his other thing is – but you know with Shazier, we saw he makes up for it with the sheer number of plays and how the offense has to account for that. But the other thing that he would struggle with is he's so fast partially because he's a smaller guy and he can get eaten up by the big hog mollies in the middle. So he kind of needs a defensive line to be playing ahead of him, a defensive line who can be like space eaters. He needs big guys to eat up that trash ahead of him. And that's exactly what the Steelers have. That's it's really a perfect fit from a scheme standpoint too. So I could see him being a beast, but either way, if you're not just covered in star players, like, I mean, the Jaguars have, two all pro middle linebackers and two all pro corners and a couple, you know, pro bowlers on the defensive line. It's not like that, but there's, they're good all over the field and they've been playing together for a long time. There's great continuity. They're kind of all at the right age, except for maybe Joe Hayden, you know, is getting a little bit long in the tooth, but yeah, there's a lot of things to be excited about.
1: So is there redemption in Pittsburgh for James Harrison? Because there seems to be a lot of love for him. On his birthday.
0: Yes. Speaking of the media turnaround, this is what got me thinking about this segment for us yesterday when it was James Harrison's birthday on Saturday and the NFL tweeted out like happy birthday to James Harrison. One of the legends. Here's a bunch of highlights of his plays in the playoffs. Then Bleacher Report did the same thing. NFL and ESPN, all the big professional football accounts on Twitter were tweeting out. Thank yous to Harrison. And Harrison was retweeting those tweets and, and saying thank you to the NFL. I'm like, wow, they're on us. on a speaking basis, even a first-name basis now and before, it was just Roger Goodell's sole mission in life to make sure James Harrison never played football for hitting people too hard. But I'm like, man, when you guys have turned around on James Harrison, then you know it's it's it, the Steelers are a hot commodity in the media at this point.
1: All I know is the, uh, the mad men I work out with uh, rely on his videos for our workouts. Not quite That's as much famous. weight, mind you, but yeah. They hurt even, even just as much with a tenth of the weight he pushes.
0: Yes, lift a small elephant with your right arm and a large one with your left arm, and then you got a James Harrison workout. I don't know why we have so much on Skip Bayless. He just, he's, he just keeps giving content. So he tweets out. Let me
1: read it. Does Ben Roethlisberger even care about winning anymore?
0: Yeah, we kind of skipped around here. Sorry. Yeah, we we should have covered that first when I first mentioned it. But you're right. So I'll put
1: a link on the on the website. And then, man, he gets, uh, you know, justifiably eviscerated for throwing it out there.
0: (laughs) That's really surprising because, listen, Steelers fans. If, if there is any national media account, we're talking Skip, we're talking Stephen A., we're talking ESPN, NFL Network, any national media account that mentions Ben Roethlisberger in any way, positive or negative, do not look at the comments. All it is is a bunch of people being like, oh, did like it, the, the, the post could be like, did the, the Ben Roethlisberger have his best season last year? And they're like some idiot. The first comment will always be. Did he rape himself? Like whatever, you know. There's just no winning with with Ben Roethlisberger on the national accounts. So I'm surprised actually people were coming that it was actually more positive towards Ben on that. But the funniest thing about that Bayless tweet is it, it is asking, does Ben Roethlisberger even care about winning anymore? It comes like two days after he says I'm going to make him my early favorite for MVP over Tom Brady. Like. What? Make up your mind. dude. What's going on over there? I'm actually worried about Skip. He could be doing some – I don't know if there's any like amphetamines going on in there. But if he is going to win MVP, I mean, listen, I bet on him every year because if that bet pays off, not only do I get the money, but I get the greatest athlete in the history of American sports, Ben Roethlisberger. I get to see him hold that trophy hoisted into the air along his his little – these little blonde children scampering about on his massive bulging biceps that are filled with not only blood and muscles but cheese doodles which gets them that shape and when I bet on him winning MVP I do it on mybookie.ag and I do it on my cell phone because it's got a great mobile site that's easy to use with a sleek design that offers for easy navigation mybookie offers bettors in all major markets an entertaining lineup of gaming options they have unique prop bets you won't find anywhere else which is huge plus for you fantasy fanatics take advantage of in-game live betting on over/unders or on fantasy points scored. Listen, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. So bet with mybookie.ag online today and don't forget to use the promo code OUTPOST25 so that they know we sent you and when you create your account you can claim up to $1000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid, bro
1: or lady. Did you happen to bet on the Kentucky Derby yesterday?
0: did did Ben Roethlisberger win did the man I wasn't even up to I just see people all over Instagram dressing like you know Peaky Blinders or something and going out to the thing (laughs) fruity Peaky Blinders and going out to the thing but uh, I heard the the number one seed got disqualified or something he cued
1: for Uh for moving out it it Felt to did me, he, did he you the, the video the, the horseshoes, or? <laughs> not, not? exactly, but he he moved out oh. by three millimeters. He pushed into the to the lane from the inside rail out, and this looked like an NFL replay with the they had a little closet with this man and woman with their overseer over top of them as they watched over and over all this video, just trying to figure out what happened. The video that I saw, I wouldn't say that the move was imperceptible, but man. That was, that was not a big move to, uh, I guess it's interference Your moving that fast. Your horses, they're not, they're They're not. All right. So speaking of Ben, he just signed an extension, a two-year extension. He, um, so the question is, is it too much? Is he going to crowd out the Steelers opportunity to get some more players? Yeah, so he's top let me three, just, right. He's top three. He, um, so let me look. Career earnings, this is a great number. Almost the uh, gross net product of uh, South American, Central American countries, $187 million over the last 15 years. If you do the math, that's about $12.5 million a year. Uh, by Correct. comparison, Tom Brady has made $212 million over the course of his career through the NFL, I should 19 say. 19 years, though, right? 19 years, so $11 million a year. He is going. Ben Roethlisberger is Number one in terms of the cash paid to him this year, $45 million. I think it's like $36 million guaranteed. In terms of a cap hit, though, he is not at the top of the heap. He is at number six. And as you look at the list of quarterbacks and cap hits, you can see minutes minute it's some veterans rolling, rolling down into uh, more early career quarterbacks. He is one of the higher uh, you know, number six in terms of the percent of the payroll he takes up, which is almost 14%.
0: Yeah, I so, mean, he deserves the money, me right? Pardon? I mean, he deserves the money, right? Obviously. You look, when you look at who he stacked up
1: against, he he absolutely should be there. Um, I don't think his contract is going to affect the team. In fact, it's only a couple of million dollars on the cap hit, extra, or $3 million more than had he not signed his new contract. $3 right. million dollars, significant, but I don't think it changes the team.
0: Yeah, maybe even insignificant at that point. You're right. It's just uh, I guess you can make the argument that, you know, Tom Brady takes these sort of psychotic low contracts, but he's also married to a billionaire supermodel a uh, global superstar and 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 who knows what his advertising money is like and his outside of football money is like. And there even are rumors, there have been rumors forever that the Kraft family and the Patriots find other ways to get the guy money. Um, I'm not trying to stir up a controversy about Tom Brady. I mean, the guy's amazing. But that those are, you know, those rumors have been out there and the guy finds a way to make money. But I guess you could argue you wish Ben would take a psycho discount like that so that the Steelers could go even more all in for the last few years of his career. But listen, he could have made himself the highest paid probably if he really wanted to. And I guess they just said, like, listen, we're not making less than Kirk Cousins. Okay, you can let Rogers and Russ have the the very top. But Roethlisberger has got to be in that range. And listen, the salary cap is just blowing up. It's going up so much higher every year. So he's going to tumble down that list by this time next year and i guess it's just kind of keeping uh with what's fair with what he what he is owed and i can't believe we forgot to mention this last week and all of our excitement about devin bush and the boys but they got it done right before the draft so that was excellent And hey you got to pay the guy i mean that's a no-brainer
1: so no controversy there
0: no, there, there is. And you, you can't overthink it. And if you want to say he's taking a discount, he is because usually the rule is the best, you know, whatever top 15 quarterback, top 12 quarterback is up for a deal they make the most that's why Flacco and Cutler and Jimmy Garoppolo were all the highest paid at one point so he could have made he could have tried to beat out Russell Wilson or anything like that it's like no I just want to be in that range and it does sort of mirror what Drew Brees did last year and and by the time he's done with this contract he'll be way down on that list so fair is fair it's just sort of uh what's it called it's almost like a technicality at this point just to get in the contract
1: so there were a couple other tidbits in the news we should mention before we get out of here. One is that the Steelers declined to fund uh, to sign Artie Burns' fifth-year option. He would have yeah. made nine and a half million dollars next year if they exercised the option. So he'll be uh, he'll come three million dollars against the cap this season. Um, Another feel-good news: Brian Shazier got married last Friday, and Ooh. he actually see the the film of him dancing oh, yeah. at his
0: wedding reception. It's amazing. I think he did a box jump or something like that recently. And now the dancing, he, yeah. it just, you can tell that he's getting better. I mean, this is so inspiring. And, and he, I think he got like a Pittsburgh, like a Dan Rooney award for the city of Pittsburgh the other week and identified himself as a Yinzer in his speech. And, you know, this guy's going to go down as an all time Pittsburgh legend uh, for a good reason. And hopefully he keeps showing this kind of progress. It's, it's crazy. But we said yeah. when it happened. I mean, a lot of people said it. You know, part part of you was saying it is wishful thinking, honestly. But but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lie. when we said if there's anybody who's going to be able to overcome this type of injury, it's the world class athlete and person that Ryan Chazier is. You know, if I had to choose someone, uh, let me choose uh, a point oh 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 one percent of the person uh, of the the, of the world's population type of guy like Ryan Chazier, and he's proven everyone right.
1: So uh, he obviously won't be playing this year. He does it. He's still under contract from the Steelers, which means his contract tolls T O L L at this minimum salary. Um, what it helps him to do is accrue more of his NFL or work towards his NFL pension. So he is obviously on the physically unable to perform list. But you know, very good uh, good story from the Steelers side from Ryan's side. He actually got married in Pittsburgh, as you mentioned. So he's become a real Pittsburgh guy. He's a man. Hey, so. We like to get your feedback. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, steelersoutpost.com, or send us an email at steelersoutpost at gmail.com. Till next week, thank you for listening. Go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.